Welcome to CodeCast. We're a podcast that focuses on everything tech, and we give you an idea of what developers, startups, and creatives are up to in Zambia and across Africa. Every two weeks, we explore different topics and applications of technology in the real world. Every episode is brought to you by Agora Code Community. For more information, visit agoracode.community or follow us on Twitter at CodeAgora. Okay, great. Hey guys, how are you doing? Not bad. At home. At home. Chilling. Cynthia, how are you doing? I'm tired of being home. Ah, I'm also tired, you know. Where would we rather be though? Today is a Friday. It's uh, it's Easter. Um, where would where would I have been right now? If not my mother's house, I would have been probably um, seated on my camp chair with a beer in one hand. Um, probably my best friend sitting right opposite me. Uh, probably my girlfriend somewhere, somewhere, and uh, music playing and like meat or something like that, you know. I maybe mean, I might even be exaggerating. We might even be doing a bribe. We might just be chilling and having fun and just talking, you know. Like we have fantasies of like the world before all this, but it wasn't that glorious. I was always in. It's just that it wasn't enforced. <laughs> <laughs> Cynthia, what would you rather be doing? <sighs> it being a long weekend, I would have loved to take a trip. And then that would have meant using these public long-distance buses, you know, like the Majandus, the Euros, which oh, I yeah. cannot do because we're doing social distancing. Yeah. Um, I would have loved to go to my village. I, I, I wanted to check on some farming land I've gotten there, you know. Yeah. Let's finish up on a few things. But I can't do that. <laughs> yes. You know, now that you mention it, I just remembered that we had actually planned a trip for Easter. So, like, today I would have been on the road um, driving down to Livingston for a couple of days. Uh, and, yeah, that couldn't happen. I'm secretly happy about it, to be honest. Uh, it means I, I get to rest, I guess. So, What, you would have cancelled it? Ah, I, I, I think I was still in the middle. Like, I, I really wanted to do it. But then I'm still feeling the 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 pain of the Cape Town trip, so I feel it's a little too early to do another trip. What pain is this, mm. dude? These things they blow holes in your pocket, man. Mm. Tell me you, about you, it. You need you need a recovery time. I want to go to Cape Town though. Cape Town is amazing, and uh, the, the, there's this club I went to, right? Um, it was amazing. Like I've I've been to clubs here. I think I've been to a lot of clubs in in Lusaka and even on the Copper Belt and you know even in Livingston. But but I haven't had that kind of experience. Like that's just the beginning. And I know that that was even like by most people's standards a shitty experience. There's there's probably better. So it kind of like ignited this you know this desire to like do more. You know like. I- I always say that clubs in Zambia are trash, at least for me, who really enjoys electronic yeah, music. It's trash, man. It's trash. It's super trash. <laughs> <laughs> like even the light, the, the lighting, the ambience, the everything. Ah, anyways, that's that's still another day. I think that's you know, what I enjoy about. That's what I miss about not being yeah. in, in in like like COVID doing everything. I miss clubbing and music and going out. And not that I used to do it all the time, but it's fun once yeah. in a while. Yeah, so if you haven't noticed already, we are already recording episode 20, 
29? Time 29. flies. Time flies, man. Time time flies. Like, I I think I wouldn't have imagined that um we would have gotten to episode 29, but we have. And uh, also trying to adapt to like the whole COVID thing going on. We can't meet physically, so we're all in our own homes and stuff like that. I I kind of miss looking at you guys and just like you know, uh, being in the same studio. Kinda, it's kind of hard that. Yeah, I missed the platform. Yeah, I guess so. That too. So, Cynthia, you were quiet. What's your preference? You're not really a clubbing person, are you? No, I'm not really a a clubbing person. Well, naturally, I do love the indoors, but I guess it all comes back to too much of everything is bad. I've reached a point where I've had enough of my usual normal indoor activities because I yes. usually balance up. So now I'm craving for that for that outdoor ex- experience. And yeah, all yeah. I can say is indeed you, you you miss the water until it you won't miss the water until it is gone. You know, we might oh, as well get it, we might as well get into it. Like um like I was saying, like for me, um, I find it very difficult to like sit at home and do like nothing or sit at home and do work from home. I'm so used to being either on the road or in a cafe or, you know, in an office or, you know, so much so that I didn't even have like a workstation at home. I know if I get home, I do work for an hour or two hours and I'm I'm done, like everything packed and, you know, I'm I'm moving on. I'm moving somewhere or something like that. And it's been really difficult to adjust. Like I've had, I have a makeshift table for my workstation where I have to like, I have to squeeze my, my, my monitor. It's like 23 inch uh, monitor uh, plus my laptop and a quarter of the table has a microwave on it. Uh, there's like wine glasses. There's I really, to be honest, don't have anywhere to put them other than where they are right now. And I, I, I can't imagine the routine of moving these things from the table every morning I wake up to do work and putting them back every night I need to go to bed because it just looks untidy. Like it's, it's hard, you know? Definitely, it's hard. Oh, yeah. And I've seen it. A- I've seen a lot of people trying to turn it into like a, a productivity com- like competition. Everyone's trying to become as productive as possible in in a crisis, and uh, I'm I'm not one for that. Yeah, we still have to work. I mean, like I understand lots of people are losing jobs, many people are getting laid off, and I think the ability to work from home in itself is quite a privilege. But it's not necessarily working from home. It's totally different. You think so? Definitely. I mean, there's there's a there's a huge load on our minds, on our heads. There's a lot of anxiety that comes with everything going on. Who knows who's safe? Who knows if things are being handled well? You feel like a a sore throat, and you're like, "Do I have it?" You see this news about deaths. You hear people getting cut off, people losing jobs, and you're like, "What?" what what like when when is it me like i've already lost like a bunch of clients who are like hey we're going to go on pause with 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 work for now until covid um subsides a bit 
and like that's that's like it's also a financial strain like what am i going to do for money it's it's a lot and that's just around it i mean if you talk about um the actual work that's also an issue so like i when i work i like to get into like some sort of flow and my trigger is sort of novelty so i like to try different places and be in different places because they stimulate me to get into that that you know that 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 flow when i'm just like working and producing my best work and so far i've only had my room with a very makeshift setup but i mean it's getting better um and the living room where i just put my laptop on a coffee table and sit on the floor and type so like there's not much or not many places to to get that trigger from it's hard i, I think i've had this insight for like the longest time and this is me reading it out like for me i think i've, I've said or oh, it's it's just me really missing having to freely go outside not that they've completely refused of going outside but for 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 the sake of safety and for me being asthmatic meaning i i mean my respiratory system is already not like <laughs> the best and they say for someone like me i have to actually be double triple careful because then it would be like really bad adding on other issues so even when they've still allowed some movements out prefer really limiting my movements to be safe i have hand sanitizer by the door in the living room in the kitchen and in the bedroom literally every room of the house has hand sanitizer at some Careful point with the kitchen i yeah, hope you don't have like well, a gas stove I do, but it's it's far from from it. I'm, I'm being careful where I put it. Um, oh yeah, I saw videos of people's hands going on fire when they did that. That's scary. Really? So, I mean, if you're about to to obviously get yeah. to like fire, preferably wash your hands and don't use hand sanitizer because it's flammable. But I guess maybe it- I'm 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 getting to a point where I feel me, I'm being a bit. paranoid but then being paranoid would actually end up saving me because it's me being extremely careful <laughs> so yeah i stopped you know, using public transport like a month ago not three weeks ago uh, i've been lucky enough to not uh, to have an option to not have to use it and still be able to get around so i've been really fortunate what i don't like though is um I get I get I get the personal hygiene I get the trying to be safe I get I get all that stuff but moving from store to store if you're looking for like essentials or something that you need and at every door people have to sanitize you and you you can't always trust what they're putting on your hands a lot of the stuff smells weird and uh, it smells so funky slimy and it's like you're putting so much on your hands at the end of the day the first thing you want to do when you get home is just wash your hands for as long as possible not even to like uh uh no kill any germs it's, it's just because you want to get the 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 sanitizer feel of you know of my hands like that's how i've been feeling about going to the outside and coming back home you know especially when i'm like i have no choice speaking of having no choice is asking you to go to the office i have no choice sometimes um i need to be in the office at least three times in a week so 
it's not always easy because now you're trusting someone else to, you know, uh, do what they need to do to keep you safe. And I hate that. So I kind of sympathize with Cynthia also. You can't always trust everybody else to always have your best interests, you know? Yeah. That's very true. I mean, it's definitely a, a weird, difficult time. I don't think this things will definitely not be the same after. This isn't just a, it happens and we get over it uh, the next day. Mm, I don't expect anything to ever be the same, really, to be honest. I mean, I'm not even going to talk numbers because I, I, I just feel like I'm tired of looking at numbers. But uh, there's, there's, there's a lot happening. And um, I thought this, honestly, um, I, I didn't... I, <sighs> I knew it might happening. take a bit longer. I knew it might take, mm. no, I mean, I, I knew it might take a bit longer, but I had like this hope, this op- optimistic, you know, view that maybe by July will be good, but I don't know. Doesn't look like it. But I mean, yeah, let, let's not talk numbers. What, what do you two think is going to change after this? And is it for good or bad? Uh, for oh, me, um, well, personally, or just generally, everything around, or like I mean, we could a mix of both. Mix of both. Mix of both. One thing I do see, though, is like um, one side effect of this situation has been like the rapid response at the office. Like I work for a nonprofit, like uh, nonprofit, and most of what we do is uh, working with government agencies and trying to make sure that their business processes are, you know. Um, uh, are somehow optimized or made to be efficient as much as possible well within the scope that we've been given. And from the last few weeks, especially in the areas that I've been working in, I've seen a lot of changes and a lot of, um, there's a lot that will move into a digital space. And maybe because if we're forced to do this now, we'll suddenly begin to appreciate a lot of the technology that's 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 there around us. And uh, yeah, I, I see that as 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 one of the good side effects of of like the situation. Um, yeah, I think that's the first thing I think about immediately. What about you, Cynthia? So for for me, in in terms of as a person individually, I, I don't think much will change because already at my office, there, there's always been an option to, to work from home. And we we have been already using tools that, that allow us to remotely work. So maybe it will only increase the, the number of days that we'll eventually have to, to work remotely as opposed to when it was maybe just like once or twice a week. Um, but I was reading up something someone posted in one of the WhatsApp groups I am in, uh, outlining about five things that might uh, change, especially uh, for for businesses in in general. Um, and the five things they've spoken about is uh, working from home policy. Uh, most likely, most businesses will consider integrating that into their into their policies to make sure that most of their employees, if they are able to work from home, they, then they can easily work from home. And then it will it will cut down on costs for rentals and whatnot. I mean imagine if your if your entire workforce is able to actually do remote work. 
you cut down on on those costs. Um, then they've also highlighted the part uh, the part of uh, business travel, where now most businesses the preference most likely be using Skype, Zoom, and other platforms that allow for virtual meetings, as opposed to going for physical meetings. Unless maybe it's a conference or there's just something that really needs your attention physically there. Um, they were also outlined uh, uh, more strict rules in terms of uh, the premises that people are using for, for work or businesses. Um, and how they are kept clean, and also just hospitals, schools as well in general, and how they would take up the the, the cleanness on their premises. Um, then there's also the chain supply strategy. Um, they're, they're talking about how businesses, you know, have have, have identified how, especially the, let me talk in the context of Zambia. We've seen how we are really dependent on other countries. As being landlocked, unfortunately, we have to still open up some of the point of entries into our country, despite the fact that it would have been the best scenario would have been us closing it off. But then we depend on most of the groceries we import. Look at the shop rights, shoppies and other big supermarkets that we actually buy stuff from. They get their products from SA. And there are some products we get from Tanzania. You find there are other stuff we get from, from other neighboring countries in short. And for us to close ourselves up completely would be quite difficult to, to sustain ourselves. So Bro, I feel like that's already had like an effect on us. Yes. Last time I went to get like my round of groceries, the prices have shot up like at least 30%. Things are getting so much, so much more expensive. And you find the aisles are most supermarkets, the aisles are almost empty. <laughs> yeah, like pick and pay cleared. They had to like rearrange the store so it doesn't look empty. And I think yeah. secretly they, yeah. they did away with like one aisle and they removed like the whole frozen goods section. It's 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 a lot. And 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 like we rely so much on so many outside parties and imports that I hear like Edgar's is closing or something like that and a bunch of other um, international chain stores because I guess there's, no, there's just no business. Yeah, yeah. so now it, it will mean uh, as African countries or just other countries out there uh, who have realized their dependency on other countries, then they'll have to strategize on how they continue business as usual and sort of reduce that dependency in case in future we find ourselves again in this scenario of, of COVID-19 and all. So it's it's something they are also trying, well, they've spoken about. I, I really hope our, our leaders, <laughs> I'm, I'm speaking about now Zambian leaders <laughs> coming back home. I hope, you know, we'll actually really t take this opportunity to re-strategize and see how we reduce some of these dependencies, you know. Cynthia, um, I, can, I, I can tell you one thing. I feel like, and lately, like the last few months, I've just become so pessimistic and so, <laughs> there, are less, there are a lot of lessons to be learned from like this situation. And we will yeah. write down the lessons. We will come up with plans on how we can counter the next, you know, the next problem or whatever uh, but uh, i don't know if there'll ever be the any implementation. Real implementation yeah yeah 
Then the uh, last and... part they've highlighted, I think, was sorry for cutting you short. No, that's no, okay. Uh, is the online classes where they're they're talking about how many universities who have the capacity to pay for for online uh, platforms or even build their own will eventually um, really push the option of doing online classes. And only so it it would be more of a switch where more, three quarters of the universities and uh, education institutions that we have the preference is physical attendance where you actually go to a class you sit down you interact with your fellow classmates and the lecturer or trainers whichever they are um, but th they foresee a switch in that now the first preference will be virtual and it's maybe oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I Do you think legislation will change for that though? Because I think currently in Zambia, at least, you you can only be a university if you have like a physical campus, right? Yeah. So then, what are the changes that need to be made for us to make that switch? I, I think oh, yeah. the coronavirus is the first uh, trigger, <laughs> sadly, uh, to making these kinds of changes. Uh, you know, did you guys hear recently that uh, our government had the first um, uh, online meeting? meeting virtual yeah, meeting cabinet meeting it's crazy like i, can't oh, I didn't believe, see that i can't believe we're having our first virtual meeting in 2020 maybe maybe then um one of the things that could help get us to that level is them having more of these virtual meetings so we don't have to continue paying allowances using taxpayers money for certain meetings that can be had virtually you know what i mean and yeah. if, if if they can see this value maybe they can permit more more people to uh, start to develop these tools and use them more frequently to kind of reduce the cost of uh, some of these some of some of these things and stuff like that. Especially with regards to like universities, I'm not talking about universal access for all in terms of education. I mean, yeah, we have a problem with infrastructure and internet and whatever. But I mean, if we can we can have more students on a campus virtually. Uh, coming from all parts of the country uh, where they do have access to these sort of resources, I think that would that would help actually. Definitely, I'm I I don't know what I think about the whole change. I, I like the point you brought up about business travel. It's something we've been talking about in at least the developer relations space. Everyone's like, hey, we can't do offline or online. I mean, we can't do offline conferences anymore. Does that mean we won't be able to do our job and stuff like that? And like, I don't know if everyone has noticed there's been such a huge push for like live streaming and online conferences. And I just went through like a an online conference. I was I, I attended like the lead dev. It was a really good conference for like engineering leadership and engineering management. And it was such a smooth experience. But then it's just that personal connection that's missing. And I know as much as possible you can try and um make that happen using online or um tech tools but i don't think we're there yet this is the whole thing about traveling to be honest i enjoy traveling and like i don't know what airlines will have to do i'm happy somehow in like a twisted way that airlines will go out of business or they might because not not because not like i'm evil or anything i just don't like the lack of innovation on their part. I feel like everyone just thinks, yeah, aeroplanes are the best means of long-range travel. 
I feel like we, there's still more we can do. I don't know. Teleportation is, should be in the book sometime soon. Well, uh, well, teleportation aside, we'll get we'll get to that in a minute. Um, do you feel like we're getting into the age of uh, the well, uh, a more mainstream uh, adoption of hyper trains or things like that to kind of like offset uh, the monopoly by the the airline industry? What kind of innovation are you looking for, Daniel? I don't know. Maybe Elon Musk's idea, the his cross-continental rocket ship thing. You put a rocket into orbit, and then you'd like drop to the your desired continent. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I'm not too adept with like the 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 transportation um, industry, but yeah, the Hyperloop, for example, is a really good example of like a high speed um, uh, train uh, transport. Sorry high-speed trains uh, for long-distance travel. And I think they have that in Europe. And because of, like, even even before, like, COVID and everything, there was, like, this wave of flight shaming that came on where everyone was, like, it's bad for the environment to be taking flights and you shouldn't be taking these long-distance flights if there's, like, a, a more eco-friendly alternative. So a lot of people that side started using, like, long-distance trains. And those were really they were useful, but they're also eco-friendly and just as fast. So like you can take a, a train from, I guess, London to France short, like in much less time than it would take for you to go to an airport, go through immigration and fly from London to France mm-hmm. to like Paris or something. Yeah. So I think it's definitely an opportunity. Everyone talks about this being like a big reset. And then we start to think about the things that were wrong in the world before this and then try and fix them and go forward. So I think there was definitely a lot wrong. of. Speaking of things yeah. that were wrong, uh, I was having a conversation with someone recently, and uh, uh, he was telling me about how, like, there's this saying that's going around in his circles about how uh, where the virus and Mother Nature is purging, you know, it's 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 cleansing itself. And uh, there's like all these conversations going around. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's fact. There's data supporting how clean the air is in most cities, how pollution has dropped by 50% last I checked. So, yeah, this is like, it's good for the environment. Yeah, but I'm not sure about the weird the virus part. <laughs> maybe like our, system, our, our systems are the virus, probably. There's a lot of very unfair systems that aren't the best for Earth, Mother yeah. Earth. But then going back um, to the airlines closing and stuff like that, um, one thing that's really been on my mind a lot lately is like, I don't know if you've been following like how many people are losing their jobs in like the US. Um, I think the other day, last week, I was having a conversation with someone. I think there are close to 10, if not above now, uh, people that have filed for unemployment and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, for unemployment. Yeah, and we can't even track that sort of data here, you know, accurately. And I'm really worried about how many people will lose their jobs and how long it will take us to recover. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of the small businesses here, even when you look at unemployment stats, like in Zambia, for example, we only quite have... High. Yeah, we have like 1.4 million people in formal employment. And then uh, we categorize only. the rest... Yeah, then we categorize the rest under informal or unemployed. So, like the informal sector is one of the largest, uh, the the, the largest um, uh, in terms of uh, how people earn some kind of income for 
their families and stuff like that. Going back to what Cynthia talked about, like a lockdown, we can't afford a lockdown. Like we want to, like we really want to, and I'm torn, like we want to make sure that we save as many people as possible, but I don't know if we're going to save as many people by, uh, okay, let me rephrase that. I don't know how many people will save by closing down. And I also don't know how many people will save by staying open. Like it feels like the casualties would be equal. Yeah, no, this is a good time to flex some leadership skills because it's uh, there's so many variables to think about. Do you save? Of course, the economy is like the last thing. I don't think we should do what the U.S. is trying to do and say, yeah, people will die, but the economy is the most important. But don't quote me on that. I'm not sure if that's exactly what they're saying. But I don't think we already had an economy to save. Ours was already quite shit. So um, do you, do you I think a good even worse. No, but a good thing that has come out of this is if coronavirus didn't happen, we would have been consumed by debt. But now they are letting us restructure all the loans and everything and people are still giving aid because of the pandemic. So mm. this is like a lifeline, I would say, a blessing just, in disguise for the economy. Yeah, I just feel like there are a lot of losers in this situation and uh, I don't know if they will ever be able to recover. Oof, definitely. I saw. I was listening to this video, and some some someone was like, um, "This pandemic will change the trajectory of so many people's lives. Like people were going to do so much, achieve so much, and then everything that was going to enable that has just been completely destroyed. And it's sort of depressing to think about." Yeah, I was Wait. just thinking how this podcast just turned grim. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I, it's, it's a, yes. Anyway, <laughs> how are we coping? How are we staying alive and how are we staying positive? What are you doing? I, I guess I've just told myself to really try and see the positive side of it. Hey, I get to work in my pajamas now for as long as I want. I don't have to worry about putting on makeup considering I already hate makeup. <laughs> um, I guess it's, it all comes back to how are we going to really look at the positive side and still stay safe? Um, we, we should keep reading the updates, the advice way. I know there's a lot of information mixed up with misinformation misinformation on how you keep safe recently i think so somebody was talking of other people were being told they could i don't know what they needed to do with paraffin or something like that are you serious um yeah so there are so many other misconceptions that are spreading so now it it, it all goes back i guess to knowing the right sources to get this information in terms of how do you keep safe? What do you need at hand? What are the symptoms? If you feel the symptoms, uh, where's the nearest uh, testing location where you can get tested? What are the numbers for you can use for a quick response or an emergency? You know, that sort of thing. Um, Yeah, and like I said before, also look at the, the positive side. If indeed this is mother nature trying to heal itself, I mean, let me just say, we humans have been shitty on mothers 
if we we've really done a lot of damage. So if this is a way of it healing, then let it be so. It would be a good thing. There'll be healing. Who knows? Some of the endangered species will will have time to procreate and increase in numbers again. You know, I, I don't know how true though the article I saw, but there was an article of someone who who said they there's a certain beach they where most ever since it was populated by people, the the sea turtles had stopped laying eggs there. But in this time of quarantine and lockdown, um, there were several sea turtles that came out to actually lay their eggs. If that is true, I mean, look at how good it is. It means, and they are endangered, by the way. So, yeah, we just yeah, have to really keep safe. It okay, is. Yeah. That's true. That's very. So I'm, very I'm, 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 I'm gaming a lot these days. Yeah, what games are you um, playing? I started playing this. Quite some. I've got. I found out like some really interesting games. So I, I got back to Apex Legends. I'm still very bad at it. I'm trying to find people to play with online. That's also hard. But yeah, I play it quite a bit. I started playing this game called After Party, which is quite interesting and quite twisted and a bit dark, <laughs> but I enjoy it. So like these two teens die and go to hell and they have to escape hell, but so they have to escape hell by defeating demons and the head demon, who I guess we all know who that is. And that's really just a mask for them figuring out and killing their psychological demons. So it's like some story progression mode where we have to have conversations, you discover a bunch of things. So it's, um, it's been quite engaging. Makes me feel smart for making that analogy, <laughs> discovering it. <laughs> and uh, I'm, what else am I playing? Mobile games also. My sister and I like playing Roblox quite a bit. I haven't been doing that as much. She's into Clash of Clans, so I got back into that for a bit. But yeah, and, and much less social media. I'm not consuming as much. I'm really just blurting random things out. Like when I need to tweet or something, I just go and tweet a bunch of stuff that I need to let out and then close the app. Uh, and weekends offline. Someone told me it's good to like cultivate a hobby. I've been looking for a new hobby to do. Uh, music production is hard, so that's just turning stressful. Yeah, you want to find a hobby that doesn't stress you out because then it's like doesn't really feel like a hobby anymore, right? Yeah, exactly. DJing helps. Uh huh. <laughs> DJing helps though. That that's a nice hobby. <laughs> you know, I, I just realized I don't know if I have a lot of hobbies. And, uh, you know, now that we're talking about hobbies, I just remembered, like, um, before I talk about how, like, I'm coping, um, like, what are your thoughts on turning hobbies into careers? Very mixed thoughts. Cynthia, do you want to start? <laughs> it's very hard to answer in that what what's hobby? I don't think every hobby can be turned into a career. Well, that's just my opinion. I, I stand to be corrected, but I don't think every single hobby can be turned into a career. There are some, yes, they can. Necessarily, like a it. career, but like monetize it and get get it 
get it to give you money or make money for you still i don't think all of it can 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 be turned into something that makes you money especially let me take for for instance uh which one can i give an example of um <laughs> yeah okay this would be a weird example because right now i can't think of one uh but like in this time of covid right i love hiking i can't go hiking right now because it will mean me not having my own car i have to use public transport to get to where there's a hill or a mountain that i can hike so in between there i'm already endangering myself and how many people technically love hiking so for me to turn it into some some money making stuff unless then i'm going to chance uh either making videos of my hiking experiences but even that they already expect that do that so the chances of me getting a whole new audience and making me enough money well that's like slim maybe i'm just being pessimistic i don't know but i I'm very pessimistic right now <laughs> yes very because but, in my head i'm like okay there's not enough there's not a lot of people who do that so like that's a new market that you can penetrate if you can convert them your videos you can take that I into have, sales i have i have seen several videos done by hikers already because i love hiking so i've eventually watched several of them and they're not monetized for that matter they're free So yeah but you don't know maybe they're being paid like for the like yeah. the, the sponsorship or ads exactly that's so that sort of thing like i guess the, can we also think about location guys who's going to pay me in zambia for making hiking videos i actually have no idea no. but it wouldn't so, hurt so to you find see, out you know what i'm thinking now so like let's turn this into a business <laughs> loki you can make like an airbnb experience so anyone traveling into zambia who's going to use an airbnb will see your experience and then you can say hike with cynthia 50 dollars per hour and yeah, someone who's very main, new to zambia yeah missing yeah, the oh, main point i said in this time of covid <laughs> oh Yeah, but imagine that COVID, imagine covid wasn't there like imagine well, we've, we've going like, through this and it's okay to go out well i was using it because i couldn't think on top of my head right now any other hobby i can think of but like i, I really needed to just show the idea that not every hobby can be turned into a money making thing there are some and there might be a lot but i don't think all of them can actually make you money Yeah, I agree. I agree. I just I just I just thought about it because uh, I I think I was thinking about the stress of like, you know, like looking for a market for example, Daniel, looking for, you know, that uh, that niche and then finally getting that fit. Like it starts to feel like your hobby is no longer your hobby. Now it's just something yeah. you're pushing. It becomes business now. And yeah. It becomes like so stressful and it stops being fun anymore you know that sort of thing but it's really annoying really really annoying so like for me in terms of coping um i don't know like i'm just trying to make sure that um i i can everything that's within my control i i make sure i try and control as much as i can and i guess that helps me uh i used to listen to like um uh the uh, coronavirus daily from npr and bbc and cnn like on a daily basis but now i don't anymore like it was it was getting really stressful and i was getting really anxious about everything i was getting really angry also i don't know why i was getting angry but i was getting really really angry 
So then I just like stopped watching that stuff. I'm just trying to keep the check. Uh, I was already on a social media break anyway. Um, not really on like uh, chat services, no WhatsApp lately, not as much. Um, I got an iPhone, so uh, I tried the whole um, and you know, I message thing for a bit, and eventually after the interest died, I just slipped back into like the look at your phone, you've got notifications, toss it, and find something else to do. I'm watching Ozark right now, like I'm on season three now. Like it's a was a really interesting show. I felt like the first season, the first two seasons were were okay, keep my interest. But now I'm just watching because limited. I just feel like it's it's gone a little monotonous also. So I probably find something else to watch as like my my uh my pastime when I'm not like working or something like that. So that's pretty much it. Trying to wash my hands as much as possible, trying not to touch my face, which is the hardest thing in the world, so it turns out. So um, it's also that nice. I've seen it but uh, it doesn't look that appealing. I think if you were a really big fan of Narcos or um, what's this other show, I really love Narcos. Like Narcos was like top tier for me. And then I don't know. I I feel like I have like a two season limit. Anything above that is I really struggle. Like even if the story is too interesting, like now I'm, I'm just tired. You know, maybe like limited limited series is what's good for me. Like six episodes stop and I'm I'm satisfied and I can move on to something new. Ah uh, yeah, I'm binging Community. For Which, the first time or again? You see, that's the thing. <laughs> I like I was scrolling through Netflix and they were like coming soon to Netflix community. And I assumed it's new. So I was like, yeah, remind me when it's out. And then um they reminded me and I said watching it and it was so funny. I was like, wow, where has this show been? Like, I'm so happy I found this new show. And then like I just Googled it and I'm like, no, I didn't Google it. I noticed the fashion and like the technology was just so old. <laughs> I was like, when was this made? Was this made like to like mimic like like a time before everyone was so scared to make politically incorrect jokes and stuff? <laughs> and then <laughs> And then I checked it out and it was 2009 and I was like, damn, how did I miss this? It's really yeah, it was nice. it was really popular at a point. It was really really popular. <laughs> uh, was it? How did yeah, I it was, miss that? It, it was popular. It, it was because Donald Glover is inside, and I was like, "How did they get him to look so young?" <laughs> <laughs> <Can> you imagine. <laughs> but yeah, it's been. I think I just. I've been trying to watch it slowly, um, so yeah, I'm done with season one. But then there's six seasons, and I don't think I can go that far. They're losing like. I think it's getting monotonous, like you said, as series do. So I'll probably stop watching it soon. Mm, yeah. Anyway, so what do you think is gonna be like specifically in tech after all this is done? Do you feel like we'll just get back into the swing of things and conferences will spring up again and we'll be traveling again? I, I think one good thing that I see coming out is remote remote hiring will change. A lot of people are having to adopt a lot of people are having to adopt remote work because they don't want to. And I know definitely not all of them will stick to being remote, but I think they'll see the benefits and a good number will switch to completely remote. Um, just 
because of the disruption, anything that would go against them working in office can bring. And I think that would be good for hiring developers in Africa and really just expanding technology, not like tech companies across the world. Because it's not just developer jobs. There's a ton of jobs that tech companies need across the world. So a lot of people will be able to get that uh, experience, I guess, with some of the, like, the nicest companies out there. And I think it would be really good. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. A lot of people are being more accepting. Uh, time zones are still an issue, though, with remote. There's a lot you need to get past. Yeah, but definitely. It's coming. It's definitely coming. Yeah, and I'm just really uh, curious to see what will happen within Africa, though, you know, like um, like in terms of tech. Um, I don't know. I haven't really looked into how much disruption is or how much innovation is happening around the around the continent, uh, you know, in, in with regards to the pandemic and stuff like that. But I'm really curious to see how we'll, we'll, we'll come out of it and whether we'll adopt any any remote culture, any kind of remote working culture, or if our, you know, like we we in an environment that constantly insists on making sure your employees are working a particular way, you know, like I remember we had like a staff meeting and I'm not even afraid to say this, but staff meeting a couple of um, weeks ago and uh, someone was saying, hey, you, yeah, you're working from home. But if you have no internet at home, you better come to the office because we provide internet for you at the office. You know what I mean? Like that sort of thing. So like I'm really interested to see how like after experiencing the culture, how like people will change their mindsets with regards to how they view what working from home actually means, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to see that. How have you managed, Cynthia, as a company, being at a company in Zambia that works remotely? Well, it has been it has been great because I know very few companies locally uh, actually agreeable to their employees working remotely. Some I do understand because they are essential workers where they actually do need to physically be there. Like say in the factories, I mean they still need their employees to physically go there. Um, yeah, true. Yeah, so uh, I mean it has been amazing, and and part of the tools that we're using. I found they were already using, but some of them I had to to add on as as product manager. So thankfully, those were already in place before the the outbreak of COVID. So it has just been more of now us utilizing that, and the shift hasn't been at all difficult. Um, only a few things where people who who've been used to reporting physically to the office now have to learn to use Zoom for calls and standups, uh, things like Jira and 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 the likes, Trello, you know, to assign tasks and just see the progress of work as opposed to them being uh, traditionally used to you go into a meeting, a physical meeting, each person gives an update. But but for us, it has actually been easier. I know there are some companies that do not really foresee this. And um, they're really having some, some difficulty to actually adapt to the new way of working. Um, yeah. For me personally and the company I'm working for, it, it, it has been okay. We haven't had much change. Yeah. So I'm guessing there was a lot of planning with how you're structuring processes around working remotely, either trying to 
like retrofit the offline processes to work online with tools like can you like what tools have you been using what have those processes looked like what like what what's that for you guys or you people there so that's the thing even before the outbreak we're already using it because sometimes my like oh sorry i shouldn't call them my developers Our developers, <laughs> uh, like sometimes they would ask to actually work from home. And I mean, sometimes we would have to work weekends and I would prefer we, we work from the confines of our homes. So the the structure, like I said before, it hasn't changed much. It was only the what delayed the change was because part of the team, we just don't have developers. We're building an e-learning platform. So we also have the academia team that bring in now the, the lessons and all. So for them, yeah, it was a bit difficult, um, but it, it wasn't also much because even for them, the lessons already, they have to, to deliver via Zoom because we've integrated with Zoom in our application and we've also integrated other platforms. Even our exams, it's online. We've integrated with, with some APIs there. So it, it wasn't, it, it wasn't really difficult. The difficult part just came in changing, I, I guess, the the mindset to say, oh, even if you're at home, we still need you to wake up by 7.30 so that at 8.30 you are ready for the stand-up. Maybe at midday you still have maybe a check-in and stuff like that. So it was mostly on them realizing, oh, I might be home. And yes, unfortunately, being home for some people, it means then they work doubles because firstly, maybe they have to look after if they've got kids, they have to make sure the kids are fine. There's preparing meals and whatnot. But the difficult part came into merging the two, knowing that, oh, in as much as I'm still home, I still have to work the same hours that I usually work whilst I physically go to the office. So it was on the mind part. The tools, nah. We use Zoom, we use Jira, uh, we don't use Trello, we, we actually use Jira. We've been using a lot of Slack already and we've been utilizing emails. So for us, there, there, there isn't much change. Mm, yeah. No, so you mentioned like working the same hours at home, working the same hours in the office. I'm, I'm someone who disagrees with that. And like, I mean, not like to point any fingers, but I, I was reading this article about how human productivity per day peaks at about four hours. And like, there's a lot in the office that that's done to like pick that apart and divide it across different times. Like there's usually like a mandatory break uh, and a lot of chat or uh, things that deviate you from actually doing tasks at once. Whereas when you're working from home, you have the flexibility to, you know, dictate how like your pace working. And like you, I've seen a lot of people complaining about how tiring working from home is just because they're trying to work the same number of hours they were working in the office, but being more productive. So like you'd work, eight hours in the office, you get the eight hours worth of work done in four hours at home. So it really doesn't make sense to work um, eight hours, which is like what Mukuma was saying, like the culture around work where people want you in the office for eight hours just because it's the office rather than they want you at the office to get work done. And working from home, I hope changes the whole, you know, 
um, view of value and productivity from an employer's point of view? Well, I wouldn't necessarily agree because firstly, let's look at a mother, yeah? Yes, you might think working from home will reduce the number of hours that you get to work before, but technically you are actually having to do other stuff at home as well. And initially when I said eight hours, the same hours from eight to 17, it's because even their colleagues, that's when they are free. That's when we'll do the meetings. So it's mostly about you have to be available during that time frame. You will have to be ready in case, say, Cynthia thinks, oh, yeah, we actually need an emergency meeting. Obviously, I can't call for a meeting at midnight 23. These are people who have got families. Eventually, we do have to realize that after 17, most of them, they are already uh, into the mode of doing things that are family-oriented. So the age to 17 for us still sticks in that you have to be available. You have to do the normal work that you have to do. Yes, you you eventually take a break, won't necessarily say, hey, your your lunch, you only eat at 17. You can easily grab your lunch at any time. But yeah, we definitely. need you to still be available during that time, the normal waking hours, which is 8 to 17. Because after uh, 17, I will not call you again. Yeah, yeah true. I, no, I, so. I, I agree with both of you, to be honest. Um, I agree that... Um, yeah, in terms of productivity, like even at the office, like for me, I'm I'm that person who's most active in the morning. Like any time in the morning, I would deliver what I need to deliver, and I spend most of my afternoons doing like the mundane tasks, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, I get that we have to be available, you know, in cases of emergencies and and so on and so forth. And I I guess really it depends what kind of job you do. Because I do yeah, feel I think like it's a case-to-case case basis. Yeah, I do feel like it's possible to have people that work, you know, four hours in a day and could still be as productive on a daily basis without like the traditional, you know, um, approach to how people are supposed to do work. You know what I mean? Like, and I guess that's what I meant when I was talking about like how, in a, as a country, how we perceive what uh, what a work. A work environment is supposed to be you know like a lot of it needs to be adjusted a little bit i mean we can't force people to go to the office because we can't provide uh the the necessary stuff that they need to actually perform their jobs in their homes is systems would be uh you know the internet or you know any any of those things i've seen like companies within Osaka, like do things like buy their employees like uh, alternative uh, or backup power solutions, you know, just so that they are they have access to electricity twenty four seven, and they can actually deliver what they need to deliver uh, within the hours that are most productive to them. You know what I mean? Exactly. I'm a big advocate for like asynchronous remote work if it's possible. So like I think it it's it's quite inclusive of people who have different situations at home where you make and set up a lot of processes, be it like stand-ups can happen on Slack anytime that's convenient for that person. So that if they have a child, for example, who's um crying and they can't make the seven AM stand up, then that doesn't mean they get to miss out on that part. They still see everyone stand up and they still participate in work when when they can and they still get the same work done when they can but i think it's it's a case-to-case basis you're right i think it's 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 what works for different people uh, and i think it's, it's it's the job of leadership to sort of look at their 
their the people who who they have and what they need done but i think now it's also just important to be kind to everyone and just understand that it's not easy for anyone yeah we have to remember that we're human beings first right that's what we, that, that's what basically we've been trying to talk about during like this whole covid thing like you have to understand that and i like the advice that's going on like covid should be like part of every conversation that we have when we leave the house when we when we call someone you know what i mean like yeah, other people get really anxious talking about this stuff. we have to request about it and so on and so forth so i guess that also flows into like work environments and uh, many other issues that are part of the work culture like we have to be we have to remember that we're human beings first and treat everybody with kindness it wouldn't hurt okay. i think we should end on a happy note what are you looking forward to what was like the highlight of your week since yeah well um as you all know i've been concentrating mostly on product management and i haven't been doing much coding of late so early this week i actually decided to join an open source project and the excitement came in when i pushed in the first pull request and uh, <laughs> my ci cd <laughs> tests ran everything passed well i know it's tiny but like just missing all green ticks saying everything has passed and the the project lead actually merged my code to master yeah hey, congratulations because i thought after staying away for for so long without without coding i'd i'd really mess it up you know it, it, it's evolving so congratulations since sorry congratulations Thank you. So I'm 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 really excited for the coming weeks that I'm actually on this project with them. Um I'm the only the only thing that saddens me is I'm the only one coming from from Africa. <laughs> I really really I love it when I see my fellow African developers, you know, being part of these projects but I'm I'm the only one. But anyway, who knows? But yeah, that put a smile on my face. Yeah. Nice. nice. And, and I think um, the the thing is there are lots of spaces that we still need to penetrate as Africa, and I think it's okay that you are the only one from now. It's your job to drag as many people in now. So yeah, uh, yes, definitely. So it's gonna be cool. What about yours, Bukoma? Uh, I'm excited because this week, um, well, I, I think I've had conversations with Daniel about this quite a lot. This, like, I'm really trying to see if I'm gonna stay in like a coding or I'm gonna move into like something different. But this week I was trying something fun. Uh, I've been, I had a conversation last Friday with Cynthia and a, a guy called Ben who we've been talking to lately and we're talking about APIs and stuff like that. And I remember yeah. that there's this platform that I've been playing with a lot called Rapid API. So like I, I jumped back into it and I used um, one API that I love so much um, that has like a bunch of recipes for cocktails. And I built a really small like website where you you can like search for your favorite cocktail and recipes and instructions and stuff like that will pop up and you can make your cocktail. Like that was something that I was really excited about and letting it loose into the world for people to like play around with and whatever. So that was like what I was most excited about this week. That sounds nice. I saw it. There were like some really interesting drinks. 
Yeah, and I'm excited to try one of them. Uh, it's called the Radioactive Long Island Iced Tea. That thing is green, man. Like, it's but green. The Long Island Iced Tea radioactive enough. <laughs> that thing looks deadly. And um, I, can't, I can't wait to try it. I think if, if I get the time and I, like, can run supplies, I'll get the ingredients tomorrow or something. Like, I'll try it out. Please let us know how it goes. Definitely. I mean, I don't want to be gloomy. It's not much to be excited about. I think I'm happy about Easter. Happy Easter. Yeah, I mean, if I can, I'll go get Easter eggs. But they aren't really essential, so... You know... Wait, no. I There's like a new Apex update. And I am yet to play it. And the last one was really good. If there was like a a movie or series centered around Apex Legends, I would watch it because uh, everything is just so interesting and intriguing. Yeah. I'm, I'm not really into Apex Legends. Actually, um, lately, I'm not really into gaming as much. Uh, mobile gaming especially, uh, though I have one exception to the rule. This is a game I play called 8-Ball Pool. And, uh, I okay, I thought playing. you'd say Candy Crush. Green Day, that's so 2009. But then here I am watching Community. <laughs> so um, I guess to close, uh, I want to say happy birthday to Ibrahim. He's one of the guys that's been listening to us from a while back. And uh, just want to give a <laughs> shout out to Is him. It, which one? Is it Ibrahim Ghana? Uh, well, I think it's Nigeria, I right? That's how, I don't know if, if I'm pronouncing his surname correctly, though. but his surname yeah. is G-A-N-A. Yeah, 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 that's him, that's him, that's him, that's him. And I think he was making fun of us because of uh, one of those uh, directors that said we made Zoom. Daily Mail. <sighs> oh, read that was Daily Mail? Oh, I'm not sure, crap. I'm just joking. No, okay. I'm just joking. I'm sure. Not... Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> we made Zoom. You haven't seen that yeah. video of like flying around? Oh, no, I have. An, I, an IT support ever. person lied to their boss that they created Zoom and it integrates with WhatsApp. <laughs> ah, I, mean, I heard they sold it to the government also. They sold it to the government? That, yeah, and that's what they're using for their virtual cabinet meetings. It costs like, what, 10 million? I wouldn't be surprised. Also, I'm joking. Getting a license for a team. <laughs> On Zoom, you spend $1,800, which is 18000 kwacha, approximately, there. Or is, is it double now? Yeah, it will be like 36000 not 10 Anyway, yes, what were we saying? You know what? I won't even think about the, the cost that you just laid out on me, considering that we're thinking about uh, going remote for our conference, but I'll leave that for the next episode. Oh, no, the good part is that when you when you call, now this is me being an advocate, <laughs> when you call them, you call a salesperson and you give them like your, your, your actual needs, sometimes they actually have like a way of customizing it for you. Like for Explorer Academy, they, we, we ran them through our needs and, and they helped customize. That's pretty cool. But it should be for something that you actually give them that you're dedicated to using. It's not like a once-off thing. It should be a continuous usage. I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, this was nice. This is our first uh, remote recording. Um, I hope everybody enjoys it. 
Same here. I had fun. Although you can sense the gloominess in my voice and tone. Yeah, we need to do something about keeping your spirits up, Daniel. You'll be expecting, should be expecting a lot of memes and gifs from me this week or this weekend. Do, I've you. lost track of the days. It's the weekend now. It's a good day. Today is a good day. Good Friday. If the audience wants to tell us how they are coping, like in this really troubling time, they can send us voice notes. There's a link in the description. Um, tweet at us. We're at CodecastZM. Uh, I have Malgambez uh, with me, and Cynthia is Python Khaleesi. Elias couldn't join us today, but he's Jor underscore Eli. What? Shit. 360. 360, I think. Not that I blame you for forgetting. Elias <laughs> needs to change his handle. Oh, how do <laughs> I know that? Jor underscore Eli 360. Okay, that's correct. Uh, yeah, I think it's all the times that we've talked about it. Yes. So please send me your dank TikToks. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I think I should join TikTok. Bye, guys. You've been listening to Codecast Zambia brought to you by Agora Code. Visit agoracode.community for more information or like us on Facebook. That's at Code Agora. We're on Twitter too, at Code Agora. 